Well, I think we should just go and uh, and we'll we should, wing it. And we should be done before ten. I mean, before before eleven. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Tidy Shedder. See you next week. <laughs> See you in four. Yeah, we'll be done in four minutes. Oh. I was gonna say if we could keep it to ten o'clock, that'd be great. <laughs> Oh, all right, here we go. One, two, three. This is episode. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm muting. I'm muting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's either tired or very bored. (laughs) oh that's going on the beginning all right here we go one two three this is episode 311 i'm sorry just (laughs) oh Oh, it doesn't get any better than this (laughs) (laughs) oh all right got it out of me here we go one two three this is episode 311 on August 15th, 2019. everyone and welcome to the tiny shutter podcast where we talk about iphone photography and other things i'm joseph ferreira i'm greg mcmillan and i'm matt hoffman and dave couldn't be here tonight he is off having some fun but we will have fun too how are you guys doing (laughs) (laughs) not too bad not too bad at all Oh, that's good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our focus point. Focus point. All right. Um, Today, uh, we wanted to talk about landscape photography. And uh, before you guys uh, tune out and go somewhere else, no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) uh, We thought it would be uh, a good way of uh, sort of jumping into a topic before we choose a weekly photo challenge. And um, and so we thought, you know what, let's uh, let's do landscape photography today and talk a little bit about it so that uh, people who are listening to the episode can... um, sort of have an idea of uh of what is coming up so it's kind of like a a a teaser right i guess so (laughs) yeah uh so yeah and we have our resident expert matt hoffman who's really good at landscape photography and uh, he said why not uh why not talk about it and uh you know not let that uh, that chance moment uh, get away from us. So, <laughs> Matt, how long have you been shooting landscapes? Oh goodness, um, that's a good question. Probably for maybe sixteen years now. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people, you know, sometimes you, you don't get to hear the behind the scenes that, you know, of, of this show. And back, back in July, actually it was, yeah, in July we did an episode and, and we were just, you know, pulling out images of the Grand Canyon and other stuff, but that wasn't the first time, you know, when we talk about landscapes or, or anything like that, that, you know, Matt's been able to go through and find some really um, awesome images that he's taken over the years. Uh, I think uh, if you go to your uh, Flickr account, you have a lot there and probably a lot on uh, Instagram and that. But what draws you to landscapes? Um, well, you know, honestly, I think it, it kind of all started with, you know, just my love of photography. And for the longest time, like I knew, kind of knew that I wanted to take pictures, but I just really didn't know exactly what I wanted to take pictures of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you go to school for photography, um, if that's even still a thing anymore, um, it seems like all the, you know, you're, you're learning about, you know, shutter speed and F stops and, you know, the exposure triangle and everything. And, you know, Joe, back when you and I were in college, you know, you learned how to develop film and make prints and that, that kind of stuff. But, um, otherwise the, uh, the classes tended to focus on photographing people, you know? So, um, I had like a studio photography class and, you know, we, we did some like product shot type setups and but a lot of portraiture and different you know light setups for that and and then just a lot of other conversations just kind of revolved around photographing people and um that's really all i knew i mean i i assisted a wedding photographer for a little while and then i had several jobs doing uh, family portraits and working for a, a modeling agency as a photographer and um and there's that's great it's all great there's nothing wrong with photographing people um but i didn't really see a way to like well there was two things one one i just really didn't see a way um for me to like make a living doing that yeah. you know like the the portrait photography thing that was like okay but um you know i, I wasn't it's not something that was sustainable and then it's kind of a difficult hobby to have too um because it you know requires getting on the same wavelength and the same schedule as like other people and you know just networking with models or convincing your friends to go along with whatever kind of idea you have for a shoot it's just really a pain in the butt um, so actually for like a couple of years, I, I really didn't shoot much at all. Like, um, kind of like in the very early two thousands, I'd say when digital and, was starting to come out and film was starting to go away and yeah, but that, that, that wasn't anything that I was thinking about though oh, at the okay. time. <laughs> um, yeah, like to, seriously, mostly I was completely unaware of digital photography at that time. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, wasn't even thinking about that in any way, shape or form. Um, but I was starting to get like a lot more outdoorsy. Um, I was starting to get into rock climbing and then, um, I had moved to Arizona 
And um, without going into like my entire life story, I just circumstances at that time uh, led me to have lots of free time. So I was going hiking a lot in the in the desert east of Phoenix, and it was just amazing. The scenery was just mm-hmm. so amazing, and I was like, man, I really like wish that my family and my friends back in Pennsylvania could see this. This is so cool. Yeah. So I started, started carrying like a little point and shoot camera with me and it was film. It shot 110 film and, um, it was really small and light and easy to carry. And, um, you know, and I got the kind of pictures that you would expect to get from a small point and shoot camera that shoots 110 film. I mean, they, they, you know, the, the, you got the film developed and the prints came back looking like they were already 30 years old, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So um, true. Yeah. So, so it left like a lot to be desired. And, uh, um, you know, so that's when I started to like get back into photography. And I think at that time I probably dusted off the, the trusty old K one thousand that I'd had for several years at that, that point, the Pentax K one thousand, and um, you know started getting a little bit more serious. And then it really wasn't until two thousand and six that um, I even really decided to give digital a shot. No pun intended, but you know <laughs> to try digital photography. Um, and I think at that moment. Um, I, I bought a Nikon D80, it was yep. 10 megapixel and the photos that I was getting out of that thing just blew me away. You know, the, the detail, the, you know, the resolution, um, and the colors and everything. And then, you know, learning to, to edit. And, you know, it's funny when I, when I go back and look at some of the, the, f- kind of the first pictures that I was shooting with the, the, the D80. Um, I remember it was autumn in Arizona and I had gone to a, a place in uh, far Eastern Arizona. It's kind of like a lot of Aspen trees and whatnot. So they're all yellow and everything. And I'm getting like all these great pictures. I shot them all in JPEG because I really didn't know what the heck raw was at the time and threw them all on my computer and just cranked the living daylights out of the sharpness. (laughs) And at the time I thought they looked good. And I think I oversaturated them to where like there literally is no detail in the color yellow. Um, and I can't go back and re-edit those pictures because they're oh. just baked in that way now. <laughs> oh, I, no. I didn't know anything about non-destructive editing or anything like that. Making but, copies um, and destroying whatever copy you made instead of using the originals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But, um, you know, the, all that learning process just kind of um, kept me going and, and kind of kept me wanting to go – you know, go out and get more shots. And, um, there was just like a lot of other little things that happened like along the way, like, um, a a website started up, um, probably like right before I really got into hiking out there in Arizona and uh, the website, um, conveniently enough was called hike Arizona.com. And the guy that developed the site, 
he the whole the whole like point of the site was if you went on a hike in Arizona, you could come back and you could do like a little write up of the hike. You know, this is the trail. This is how far I went. This is what I experienced along the way. And then he had um, where you can upload photos. And so, you know, I started doing that. And then I started meeting other people through that site that, um, you know, were going to all these cool places, but they were they were not really doing it so much for the hiking. They were doing it because of the photos that they were going to get. And this site started to almost become a competition of who could come back with like the coolest pictures every weekend. And, and then also through that, I learned like so much, you know, I just learned about like, you know, I'm, I'm going out and I'm shooting in a location because I'm, I'm just there. Right. I'm not, I haven't planned to be at a particular location at like the optimum light, you know, to, to be there at sunrise or blue hour or sunset or anything like that. And so then I started doing that, you know, and realizing that, you know, these different lighting situations are, are making my photos more interesting and then better. Um, and then even paying attention to the, the weather, you right. know, like, um, uh, I don't know, like a desert, scene with just a perfectly blue sky is really kind of boring, you know, but you get some dramatic clouds in there, maybe like a monsoon is rolling in or something. Um, and suddenly you have a totally different feel to the picture and it, it really draws you in more and it's just more intense and it's more interesting to look at. Um, so yeah, I mean, landscape photography, I think, sometimes gets a bad rap because it's like, like, Oh, you just go to a pretty place and you point your camera and you shoot, but it's really so much more than that. And there really is kind of a very steep learning curve to kind of understand all the little aspects that go into making a landscape picture. That's really going to grab your audience and make them look at it for longer than two seconds. Yeah. So a, a couple things, um, you know, when, when you were talking about schooling and, you know, how they, their emphasis was mainly on portraiture, I think at the time that's what a majority of photographers were going to school for was for portraiture. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, and, I, I would agree with that 100%. And, and so, um, so being that, you know, and, and I want to kind of um uh follow up with what you said saying that you know to sustain a uh some sort of a career and make money off of that it was difficult because the sa- the market was so saturated with photographers that it you know you basically um you basically had to you had to have your own little area where you were the photographer in order to make a living and I think, I think a lot of people get into photography and they think, oh, I'm going to be a, uh, a photographer. I'm going to go and um, I'm going to take these pictures. I'm going to get paid for it. And then they, they realize that it's not that simple. Um, some people are gifted when it comes to being able to do that. And then there's people like me 
who, <laughs> um, who would rather not deal with people, you know, and deal with the money aspect of it. And, you know, and, and we become more of a, um, an amateur, not, you know, uh, this is more of something that we're doing it for the love of, um, and, you know, being able to do that. So I want to make sure that, you know, people understand that you can get into photography, you can do portraiture, you can do uh, certain, you know, aspects of photography and make a living. The, the problem was at the time that most people going to school for that, uh, especially during the film era, was uh, was portraiture. That's where the majority of the money was. And you had to be I mean, you had to be somebody like really famous and did something really cool in order for like landscapes to be a, uh, you know, a somewhat of a moneymaker because there was a lot of people doing it. Um, but, you know, just, you know, just to give people a little aspect in the into the past. And then, um, you know, like you said, you know, you became more you know you found your your niche not not on purpose you didn't go oh i'm going to be a landscape photographer you just went out and started taking pictures now how many times did you go out and take pictures and come back and be like yeah i didn't really like it um you know you didn't like the way the scene uh looked or um you didn't feel like you had the best lighting or the you know the clouds were not working for you uh, yeah, that happens like all the time. <laughs> and to, to be honest with you, a lot of times I just don't even take the shot. Right. And, but for me that, that comes down to the fact that like I, you know, I started doing photography with film. Right. right. So if you're not presented with a, a a good don't scene or, or, or you really can't do anything with the light. You, you don't waste the film. Right. You know, I, now with digital, you can just shoot to your heart's content. It really doesn't matter. Right. Um, and you could try to mess with it, you know, in a post, you know, either on your phone or on the computer and make something out of it. But I still have that kind of old school, get it right in the camera type mentality. And if I just don't see. Yes. You know, like even a possibility of, of it being interesting, like right out of the camera, then I'm, I just pass on it altogether and I just don't shoot it. Yeah. And, and I mean, that that is disappointing when that happens, especially when it's like, okay, I have this little window of time that I could go shoot. And I just pray that like, I have good light or interesting weather or something. And it's like, Oh great. It's perfectly blue sky and nothing's happening. <laughs> I've driven, I've driven past. Yeah. I've driven past spots and go, Ooh, I, I need to come back to the spot and I'll drive it. I'll drive by it 10 times. And then finally, when I have, you know, the, the gumption to go ahead and just pull the trigger, uh, you know, I get over there and I'm like, Oh man, the, the sky's not, you know, it's not helping me. And like you said, I, I could just sit there and try to take the shot and make something happen, but I just usually go, nope, not happening, and then walk away until that time presents itself. But yeah, I, you know, I didn't, I did film, but I didn't do it 
as much as you did. Uh, because to me, it was expensive, and I really didn't know what I wanted to take pictures of. The majority of the pictures that I took that I wanted to take were of my truck. And that <laughs> that's not not interesting to anybody but myself. Um, you know, but when I did my class assignments and, and did, you know, some other things, I really enjoyed that. But it, I was right at the cusp, 1999, uh, 2000, I was right at the cusp of uh, where digital was starting to make its way and film was becoming more and more expensive. And um, there was a period of time where I stopped taking pictures, uh, except for with maybe a 35 millimeter disposable point and shoot. Um, but I, I didn't go out and actually take pictures until I actually got a digital camera, um, little uh, Kodak. I think it was a three uh, a 310 Kodak that just took a three megapixel image. Um, and then I was able to kind of get, get myself back into it again, but you're right. I, there's times right now where I'll say, Oh, that looks like that would be cool. But then I stand there and I look at it and go, no, I just don't really see it. And then just walk away. I don't take the picture. Um, even though it could be at some point another day in a different time of, uh, you know, where the lighting would be different, it would be a better shot. And I guess we're self-regulating or self-editing our images even before we take the take the picture. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do that, and you know, I um, I I, I don't know, I, I do that, and then sometimes I. You know, sometimes I'm just not really sure what the edit's going to be, and then those are the pictures that I sit on for like two months before yes. I finally get around to editing them. <laughs> who was it? Who is it that you said? Oh, uh, it, I think it was a famous photographer, Ansel that, Adams. Yes, Ansel Adams. That's right. Yeah, Ansel Adams sat that, on his. He had that shot that he didn't. He took in like the '60s and didn't print until like until 1980 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, all right. <laughs> you don't have to wait that long, though. <laughs> no, no. Um, but no, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I love landscape photography. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm lucky to live here in the in the U.S. because we have all these different regions of the country with these vastly different um, yeah. landscapes. Uh, you know, and then, you know, just every day you know, you have the opportunity to see something different with the weather and the lighting different times of day. So, um, I think landscape photography is just one of those genres that's pretty accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's just a matter of learning a little bit about it and, and then just going out and, you know, trying to, to make something happen, yeah. you know, and just between the, the three of us right now, I mean, you know, we could go out and do, you know, a, a landscape challenge or, or just, you know, whatever, some sort of shoot and come back and share our pictures. And we're all going to have totally different, yes. um, you know, types of pictures, especially, um, Greg, you know, you're up there, you got the, uh, the Georgian Bay that's so close to you. And, um, so you got the seascapes and everything, which is pretty cool. And, um, 
Yeah, there's just there's so much variety. It's awesome. Yeah, I was just talking with Jack Hollingsworth on the phone earlier today, and um, you know he had mentioned that I must live in a place where uh, you know we have all the seasons and you know some pretty diverse uh, landscapes for shooting. And I told him, I said, yeah, I could drive three hours in any direction and shoot any kind of thing I want. Like I can be in Toronto and get some big city street photography, uh, architectural stuff. I can be, um, you know, about the only thing I can't really do is mountains or deserts. Right. Uh, Those are not really within my reach here. But there's a, such a variety of landscapes that I can shoot, and I think I think that's probably what appeals to me most about shooting landscapes is is the ease of which I can do it. Uh, you know, it's so accessible for me. Yeah, I had um, when I lived in California, I could hit basically almost any type of landscape, except for a rainforest or something like that. Uh, you know, the deserts, the oceans, the mountains, the plains, um, and just be able to do that, you know, but, you know, I could sit here and say, oh, I don't have any areas to shoot a landscape because, you know, a lot of times we drive or we live in an area that we've always looked at and, and don't find it, you know, it's home, but it's not appealing, but it's a totally different area than what somebody else in the world is looking at. If somebody in Dubai was to see the landscapes that I have here in South Carolina, uh, he would think, man, that is so cool. I, you know, that is, it's different and I like it and it looks, you know, really cool. Uh, you know, that would be something. So a lot of times we sit back and say, well, I don't have this. And so I don't think I could, I can go out and get some good shots. Um, and it's not true because not everybody sees what you see. And if you're able to, you know, train your eye to, you know, uh, make the composition interesting, you can have a good image. Yeah, like when you talk about train training your eye, I think I've been shooting with an iPhone long enough that I can almost visualize what it's going to look like taken with a phone as opposed to, yeah, um, you know, like a, a 24 to 105 Canon lens or something like that. Uh, I can almost visualize what the, what the image is going to come out like. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, So I I was going to say, what would you guys, if you were to recommend what somebody could do to, uh, to go out and do landscape photography, what are one or two things that you would recommend them do? And just, you know, if you you take, for instance, somebody says, well, I don't, you know, I like taking pictures of people or pets or, you know, automobiles or whatever, but they don't know landscapes. They don't do landscapes. What would you say, uh, what would you recommend to them to do first to get into landscape photography? Let's start with you, Greg. I would recommend not even taking the phone out of your pocket for about 15 to 20 minutes after you arrive at a location. Just walk around, take in the scenery, um, you know, almost almost turn it into like a zen-like experience because you, you want to immerse yourself in the area. 
and then you know i think uh i think the the nice parts of the scene will slowly start coming out in your in your eye you know like you, you'll you'll start to visualize some nice things in the scene that you might want to photograph and then after a while take out your phone or your camera and then start shooting and move around you know don't just stand in one spot get different angles um think about the lighting if you're if it's an overcast day you could pretty well be guaranteed a decent shot in any part of the um part of the scene but if it's you know if it's the golden hour or the sun's going down or coming up uh you know keep an eye on on the scene and kind of think about what the light could do because it's going to change um you know, the, I, I, that's what I would recommend is just take some time. You know, don't don't go in, try to snap a few pictures and then leave again because your chances are you're going to miss a really good opportunity. Yeah. What, do you, what are your uh, recommendations, Matt? Um, well, I would say, you know, if you're if you're brand new to landscape photography, um, you know, and let's just use like kind of your example, uh, Joe, that you were just saying, you know, someone that they don't do that. They, they shoot other types of stuff and, um, it could be daunting to kind of know where to start and you might not know like, well, what really makes a landscape photograph and, you know, it's just hard to know. Um, so I would, I would, instead of like going out to shoot, spend some time, you know, on, uh, you know, on the internet or on Instagram or Flickr or somewhere, um, just search, you know, searching landscape photography, you know, maybe look at a hashtag or something and kind of see the types of images that pop up just to get an idea of, you know, kind of what it's, what it's all about. And, um, you know, there's going to be a variety of good and, and bad pictures, um, but I think, you know, once you have kind of an idea in mind, maybe a, a local spot that you want to shoot, um, you know, I would say, uh, just take pictures of anything that, that catches your eye because, you know, if it's catching your eye, then it's going to catch someone else's eye as well. And just the more pictures that you take, the, the more you're going to kind of learn to see, you know, the good, the good compositions and kind of learn, you know, what makes a, a better composition, um, or, or what makes one picture more interesting than, than another that you took. Um, so that, that would be where I would start, I guess, you know, one, just, you know, doing a little bit of, of research and, you know, just kind of soaking in some landscape photography, you know, online or even go to the library or a bookstore or something and check out some books. Um, Man, we used to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's still a thing. That's still a thing. Uh, or at least it still exists. You could still go do that. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you certainly don't have to, to go out and on the first trip and, you know, come back with – you know, the most amazing stuff. It's just, you got to start somewhere. Would you recommend if, Oh, go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say that if I could add to Matt's point there, when you're, you know, browsing Instagram or Flickr for 
these landscape photographs, keep in mind that chances are they're very well edited. Yes. Um, the scene isn't going to look that amazing it's, it, it, when you shoot it. So you, you could almost, if you have any ex experience in editing, you can almost, um, you know, pause while you're taking the image and think about what you could do with an edit uh, to get it to where you want it. Um, that's where the artistic stuff comes into play. So, I mean, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't look at all these landscapes in your research and, and think that they were shot that way because they, no, 99.99% yeah. chance they weren't. And go back to Ansel Adams, who a lot of people revere as, you know, one of the best landscape photographers, you know, of the, you know, basically mm -hmm. the 20th century, um, you know, he was a firm believer in um, doing post-processing and he did oh, it yeah. all, all in the, in the dark room. And so, you know, if you, if, and then I've said this too, if you, um, if you look at it, somebody's body of work and go, I can never achieve that. Uh, you're wrong because, you don't see the images that were thrown away. You don't, you don't oh. see their hard, hard drive full of images that they're unwilling to show. And so, you know, don't, don't ever take and compare yourself to other photographers whose body of work is amazing. It's, they're not showing you the, the stuff that they're unwilling to um, uh, put out there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, because you yourself will know that you throw so many images away or, or, you, you know, you don't, you obviously you're not going to post them online or whatever um, because they're just, they don't measure up. And the same goes with Ansel Adams. The same goes with everybody, everybody that has ever put their hands on a camera can have the same story. Well, cool. And then I, yeah, I would, I would recommend finding somebody who, who is local, uh, who uh, does landscapes and get to know them, walk around with them and see, you know, and, and glean off of their knowledge. Uh, it's, you know, because a lot of times they've already, uh, you know, they've already taken those shots that they're, they're not going to show you. Um, and you can learn something, um, you know, just go out and instead of taking your own pictures, watch them, you know, watch them and listen to them and see what they, you know, uh, see what they're, uh, what they're doing. Yeah, so. that's, I, w I couldn't agree more. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I'm, you know, I, I like to, I, I kind of liked, uh, this, this topic in a way because, uh, you know, we, we do talk about images and, and, you know, shooting with iPhones and all that. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't talk about certain subjects all the time. I know Matt and I, when it was just he and I on the show, we would get into some of these topics and, and do it almost as a, um, almost as a, a class type thing where we're, you know, kind of letting people know the stuff that we've learned. Um, and, you know, because we have a lot of listeners who've never gone through a photography class. And if your local college offers a photography class, take it, 
go and you know you you'll you'll walk away with with some good knowledge and probably some good techniques and um and it's a lot of fun too and especially if yeah. you walk in there with your iphone <laughs> or or join the photography club or yeah or join a photography you club. know the, that's a fantastic way to learn from other people yeah so, all right. Um, anything else that you guys want to speak of, speak to on uh, landscapes? No, I'm good. I'm over here sneezing my brains out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and we're going to move into our post pick of the week. All right. Well, we are uh, officially done with our single. Uh, it, it was still life with a single, uh, single light source or single artificial light source, <laughs> and um, and so it was. Uh, it was one of those tough challenges that we we had, and uh, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I forgot to pull it up. Um, I think it was... I have it right about... Almost there. There we go. All right. Uh, Our winner this uh, week is Jeff Feeney. He has an image of a disco ball in a shower with... A mannequin, or a—I I guess that would be a chest bust or something like that. <laughs> Some sort of a uh, a torso. Torso. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but he said he used a flashlight to light it up, and the reflections of the light were pretty interesting. What were your thoughts on this, Greg? Well, I thought it was a very creative use of, um, of of a single light source, uh, especially the way it reflects around everywhere. Um, I mean, it's uh, uh, I would never have thought of doing something like that. Uh, let alone would I ever have a, a disco ball. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know where he got this thing, but um, but it's 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 just really cool. You, you know, he lit it with a flashlight and. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's. I would say it's mostly monochrome, except for at the top of the frame. There's some flowers. Looks, lo- looks like it's on the mannequin's head, um, which really add to the image. It just gives it a little splash of color, um, and uh, yeah, I don't. It, it's, 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 it's kind of busy looking with all the little spots reflected off the the mirrors on the ball, but, um, I mean, it, it just really adds to it. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like it. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Matt? Um, well, I, I think this is a very, uh, creative, kind of like a creative way to get around the rules of our challenge. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause he, he technically, he did use one light, but obviously the <laughs> disco ball kind of transforms yeah. it into, you know, many lights. Yeah. Um, 
I, I wouldn't have thought of this. It's very different. Um, I'm kind of wondering why, why is it in the shower? Why is it in the shower? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just curious, you know, I don't know. I just want to know, I want to know these things. Why is it in the shower? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just different and, but like different in a good way. It's got like a couple, you know, aspects that kind of pull your eye in different places and stuff. And, um, it just has this kind of like surreal look to it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. The, the, the lights that are coming off of the disco ball are, you know, it, it leads it to the ball, you know, because they're, they're basically pointing away from and pointing towards, uh, the ball, but then to have the, uh, the vase that's down at the, on the floor. And then the, uh, the flowers as the head of the mannequin. Um, it just really, uh, it, it, it begs the question, um, uh, how did he come up with this? But it's so cool. Um, it, yeah. it is, it is something that, you know, I was looking at at first I didn't notice. And then I was like looking at it I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Uh, but I like it. I do like the, uh, juxtaposition of the color versus the monochrome, um, the reflections and everything. And, uh, it is a, uh, it is a interesting image. So congratulations, Jeff Feeney. You are our post pick of the week winner. If you'd like to be chosen as post pick of the week, you have two options. One, you could do our weekly photo challenge where we choose an image from Facebook. We go uh, every uh, for two weeks. The challenge is uh, there for people to participate in. And, uh, and then in the off week that we don't choose from the challenge, we go to our uh, we go to Instagram. It's not our Instagram, but we go to Instagram and we use the the hashtag tiny shutter uh, that is on the images to choose uh, for post pick of the week. So, all right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and uh, shocker. Let's announce to everybody what our new challenge is, and that is landscapes. So, this is mm-hmm. your. This is your chance to go and, uh, uh, you know, practice uh, and and try some new things. Or if you've been a landscape photographer, you're like, all right, I can choose from my uh, archives. And I'm like, no, don't do it because that's not challenging. Uh, <laughs> but go out and uh, and shoot a new landscape. Go, go somewhere you've... Uh, uh, you've never thought of of going to and 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 doing that, or go back to a place where you've shot before and see if you can get something different. Um, but uh, I would encourage everybody to uh, to go out these next two weeks and, uh, and 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 shoot a landscape. You know, the last landscapes that I have are the Grand Canyon. Um, I'm not going to post those. I'm going to go out somewhere else and, um, and shoot a, a landscape and see what I can come up with. So yeah, it's one of my favorite, uh, styles of shooting. Yeah. All right. 
Well, uh, let's uh, let's do this uh, briefly. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we've been up to, and then uh, let's close out the show. Let's start with you, Greg. Okay. Well, uh, I was busy last weekend working a bunch of night shifts. So this week it's been, you know, the weather's been really good. We had a bit of rain today, but um, as far as shooting goes, um, I haven't really had the chance to get out too much. Um, I'm just checking my camera roll here. Unlock my phone. <laughs> so, well, yeah, we we of course last week I said we got this new um, this new vehicle. It's a new Rav Four, and we really like it. I, I just look for an excuse to drive it. <laughs> so we did take it uh, take it for a little trip over to a place called Southampton, which is on the Lake Huron shoreline, and. Um, you know, I didn't really snap a lot of pictures over there, but, um, uh, yeah, pretty slow week for me. But, um, you know, I was saying to, to you earlier that, and, and this sounds weird, and if any, anybody else in Canada has had this happen, um, let us know somehow. Um, put it on Facebook and the guys can relay it to me or something. But I got an invite to get the Apple card. Oh. And... Uh, I, I was under the understanding that it was only going to be in the U.S. for now. Interesting. Um, I guess I guess it's not a complete invite yet, but I got notified to to submit my uh, my Apple ID, and then they're supposed to send the invite within forty eight hours. So that was yesterday. We'll see what happens between you know tomorrow and the next day or whatever. I actually um, got to touch one uh, on Tuesday. Oh really? Yeah. The, the actual titanium card. Yes, the actual oh, titanium neat. card is pretty cool. A friend of mine works for Apple, and so he's, he's ah, he was talking nice. about Apple uh, card, and then he pulled it out, and we're like, "Oh wow, it was uh, it yeah, was, it was different." Yeah. So I mean, I don't know how much I would use it if I had it, but uh, because I, I the one I have now, we get these rewards and stuff with it. So I don't want to mess that up too much, but <clears throat> I think it'd be just a a cool conversation piece of anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get one just so you can <laughs> say you had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But uh, I just thought it was odd that you know, being in Canada, I got notified to get the invite. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's cool. What about you, Matt? Um. Well, I. Last week I was at that uh, race that I think you guys mentioned it on the show. Yeah. I had like a trail running race thingy that I was doing in um, West Virginia. And um, I did not do as much photography as I thought I was going to do. I know the two weeks ago on the show I said, hey, you know, get ready my Instagram or Facebook, there's going to be stories and um, this, that, and other thing. I really couldn't do it because I really didn't have phone service. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I, I didn't know that that was going to be the case till I got there. I, I kind of had an idea because it's West Virginia after all. <laughs> um, it's like going oh, to New Hampshire. <laughs> You're like, New Hampshire, hey, oh, I'll be able to call you. It's, no, I can't. Yeah, it's it's not not knocking. I'm not knocking West Virginia, Greg. It's just it's just facts. That's all. Okay. 
Well, hey, we get uh, the same thing around here too. But um, you know, I I don't know. I just I was excited because um, I knew that the area that we were going was going to be like you know pretty cool from like a scenery landscapey standpoint. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna you know if I come across like a cool area like on my runs like you know, we're not in this to win or anything. So, you know, I'll stop and I'll take some pictures. And, um, I brought my, uh, uh, DJI, uh, Osmo mobile Two gimbal to shoot some video. And I, in my head, I was thinking that like, I'm going to bring this on the runs and I will record like a small portion of the run, you know, with the gimbal. Mm. So, needless to say, pretty much all these plans went out the window. Um, <laughs> I had to, I had to run three, three different loops. Right, they each one was like a different length. Uh, I and this is this is the order that I ran them in. I ran a three and a half mile loop, uh, a six point eight mile loop, let's say, and then a four point six mile loop. Okay, so um, I started off, I was the first runner for our our team, and uh, I started at 11.30, I think we started on Friday morning, last Friday, and that was the short loop, the three and a half miles. Um, I decided right before the, the race started that the gimbal was too heavy, I ain't bringing the gimbal, and then I also like had had it in my head that I was going to use my moment lenses. And then I realized I don't have the counterweight, so I couldn't balance, you know, the phone with a moment lens on the gimbal. So I scrapped that whole idea, decided not to do that. And then that whole run, I really didn't see like any, anything that made me want to stop and take a picture of it. Um, You know, and I had my phone both my moment lenses and my DXO one, like in my little like hydration pack that I was carrying. Yeah. So I carried all that crap for nothing. I think a big part of it was it was very sunny and the woods when it's sunny is a Mm. horrible picture. Yeah. You know, because you have these bright highlights and these dark shadows and, and it just looks like crap. So I didn't shoot. And then I just, I was like, okay, well, when I get back, I'll shoot video of like the other people on my team, like as much as I can. And I did that for like a tiny little bit. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired and I'm just not going to be able to do this all day Right. for like all the people on my team. I got to get rest because I'm going to have to go out again in like six hours and run again. And so, um, I ran again at, uh, uh, shoot, I don't know what time, maybe like seven or seven thirty or something. And that loop was the long one, the like six and a half or 6.8 miles or something. Wow. And it was absolutely phenomenal. It was like the woods were like really like it was wooded, but they were like open woods. There's like a lot of space in between the trees and it's just the whole forest floor was like covered in ferns and it just looked so neat. It was wow. like otherworldly. It looked really, really cool. But 
it's getting dark and it's like challenging terrain. There's rocks and roots and everything. And I, obviously a trail I've never been on in my life. I want to get as much of this done before it gets dark as humanly possible. Um, so I did not stop to take any pictures. I just, yeah. you know, ran and hobbled along for five miles until I had to finally turn a headlamp on. Um, and then I finished at, uh, uh, geez, nine o'clock or something. And then, um, it was my turn to run the last loop at five o'clock in the morning. Well, really before that, closer to four o'clock in the morning. And I'll tell you this, I was sound asleep. I was supposed to be like at the starting line, ready to go. Oh no. It was like a relay type race. Um, so I ended up costing our team about 40 minutes and about 10 places in the overall standing because oh, no. I was sleeping. My tent wasn't ready to go. Um, but in any case, so that run, um, it was a shame that I had to do that one in the dark because I knew that it went through some like really cool scenery. There was like a portion of it that went through like a pine forest and from other pictures I'd seen, it was like the area that had been like replanted. So it was like these straight rows of pine trees, right. but they were like huge, huge pine trees, like really tall. And it just looked really, really cool. And I know like I can recall running through that section, um, but all I could see was just the bare like lower part of the trunks of these trees. I couldn't really see anything else because it was still dark. Um, so I didn't get any pictures on there on that one either. And then the other thing that happened regarding all this was I, I did shoot like some sporadic videos using the, the Osmo uh, gimbal. And what I didn't realize is that the, you use like the DJI app, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's, you, you pretty much like need to use it more or less. Or at least I think you do. Anyway, anyway, I just use the DJI like app to shoot the videos, and when you stop recording, it doesn't automatically save the videos to the camera roll. So when I got home from the trip, I looked at my camera roll and I was like, "Oh my gosh, where are all these videos? Oh no!" And like. The last video that I shot, or one of the last videos, was our whole team coming over the finish line together oh, like at the very end. Yes. And oh, I was no. like, they're going to kill me. Like, oh my gosh, are you serious? I'm the only one that recorded this, and it's not there. <laughs> and so I'm just freaking out, right? So like, I'm just like, maybe no one will remember, uh -huh. and no one will ask me about it. And it was literally like two days later that it occurred to me that like, you know, sometimes apps just save stuff in like their own camera roll, like within the app. Camera Plus is one of them. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Like that. So I fired up the DJI Osmo app and sure enough, there they were <laughs> inside the app. And I was like, oh my goodness, thank gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So, so in any case, the, the, the gimbal is super cool and the video from it looks really good. Nice. Um, but that's, that's about it. I mean, there was a few other like random 
pictures here and there, but, um, you know, my bulk of my time has kind of been consumed with this race. And then I, I don't know, I kind of still feel like I'm recovering from it because it was, you know, a lot of running and, and a lot of, um, not sleeping, even though I was sleeping at the one, the one point there when I should, should not have been, but, um, I'm just, I've been exhausted. Yeah. Well, we're, we're glad that you survived the race and, uh, are, are back on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely an interesting experience. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I'll get suckered into doing it again next year or something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool. Yeah. I, this week I went to a, a local baseball game. So it was the Charlotte Knights and, um, you know, just decided to take some pictures while I was there, but I was much more enthralled in the game. It was a close one. It was uh, actually 15 to one the night's one but uh <laughs> so it sounds like the blue jays and the rangers the other night oh no yeah we something like eight, 18 to three or 18 to oh, four or something yeah the 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 knights kept uh getting base hits and they were doing pretty good and so it'd be like three one inning couple innings later another three and then uh two more and then it just they started they just started getting good hits and uh so we're sitting there it's the ninth inning two outs and we're like all right three more uh three more strikes and uh game's over and uh and the that batter hit a home run and so it ended up being 15 to one (laughs) uh matt who who was uh with there was three of us that went and and matt stood up he's like no we were that close to us to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to a shutout and everybody around him was just laughing um but uh i did take some uh you know pictures of the uh the cityscape and of the ball field a little bit but my my whole thing was you know i was there for the baseball game and uh you know we uh we had fun with that so all right well i think uh, I think we have ourselves a show. Is there anything else that you guys uh, wanted to mention before we close this thing off? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I'm good. Cool. All right. Well, let me go ahead and play this. We came, we saw, we kicked it ass. Barely. Barely. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's go around and say where you people can find us. Let's start with you, Greg. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at McMillan underscore photo and on uh, the Artful Eye Photography community as my name, Greg McMillan, and on Dayflash as just McMillan. I was lucky enough to snag my last name. Woohoo! What about you, Matt? All righty, you can check me out on Twitter, Flickr, Instagram, Dayflash, the Artful Eye Phonography community, and anywhere else where you could put in M. Hoffman Photo. Excellent. You can find me on Instagram and Dayflash at Joseph Ferreira. 
And uh, I'll, I'll say this, if you are, is, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. I know the uh, Day Flash people uh, put, uh, put a link to our show uh, onto their site. So if you found us that way, you are in good company. We, uh, we like Day Flash and uh, we like mobile photography. And even if you have a regular camera, you're more than welcome to join us as long as you use your phone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, we uh, we are enthusiasts, and uh, you know we we also have SLRs, except for Greg, he sold his, um, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and he wrote a book about it. So go check it out too. All right, so you can find uh, you can find our show notes, links to our YouTube channel, and our website all by going to tinyshutter.com. All right, gentlemen, good show. Why don't you guys say good night to everybody? Okay, good night, everybody. All righty, bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star rating. See you next week. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Kowalski, what's our trajectory? 95% certain this will end in massive, flaming disaster. And the other 5%? Irrelevant, sir. I, I, I thought you were dead. Oh, no. I told you. Well, I fibbed a little bit, but don't be mad. Remember, it's better to tell the truth. And that's no lie. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Barely. <laughs> Look, it's 11 o'clock. Wow. Hey, we made it. <laughs>